0: Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing AudienceKey, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Hey everyone, welcome to webcology on WMR.fm. It's the 13th of July 2023. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Ways Media, Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, and uh, we're kind of blessed today to be joined by uh, Julia Logan, otherwise known as Irish Wonder, um, from um, both the Irish Wonder uh, Consultancy and also from Zen Goose Digital. Um, quick bio, Julia Logan is a long-term SEO consultant who's perhaps better known as Irish wonder, at least better known amongst um, my generation of SEOs. Involved in the SEO and online marketing industry since uh, the year 2000, Julia is a prolific writer and a speaker on topics ranging from Black Hat SEO, online reputation management, SEO security, and marketing automation. I think we're gonna have a, a lot to talk about about marketing automation today. Um, she's been a judge at the UK Search Awards and in uh, the year in 2020, started uh, Zen Goose Digital, a boutique agency focused on helping clients in uh, competitive verticals. Julia, um, welcome to WebCology, and, and thanks for joining us today. Now. Interesting. Uh, Julia is joining us from uh, a conference, an iGaming conference that her and Christine are speaking at. Uh, Julie was speaking on mainstream media in gambling SERPs. And uh, Christine was speaking on ChatGPT, its limitations, and also doing a masterclass on how to implement ChatGPT. Christine, uh, conference in Amsterdam, that's a lot of fun, eh?
1: Yeah, it's a great time. So I actually got an uh, extra day or two on each side of the conference to do a little sightseeing. Um, I'm going to say the name of the town wrong, but it's a Giet Thorn, going up north where it has the Venice of the Netherlands, and it is literally like it came out of a storybook fairy tale. So it's got, a, it's like a lazy river ride with a storybook village built around it. That is not how it came to be, but that's what it looks like. All the roofs are thatched, like have to be thatched. They'll, they have sidewalks and waterways, no roads, and uh, it's just a beautiful community It's just like I would move there tomorrow if I had like a million dollars to do that. So, (laughs) so, uh, but it was great. And the conference itself has been uh, really impressive. I didn't expect it to feel like as big as something in Vegas. So they have, I believe about 9,000 registered for this conference. And the expo hall is so much fun. There's like coffee. How many like coffee at every four booths, like not coffee, coffee. I mean, Espresso machine, cappuccino machine, coffee. There are drinks everywhere. They have games like, you know, the little basketball game at the arcade and things like that. They have DJs that are spinning. So it's just a a whole vibe. So it's been really good. And then we were in another area, which is set up totally cool and chill. Uh, where we did our presentations today. So it's it's been really good. And the staff has treated me very well. And uh, everyone has been super nice and inviting. I was at the hotel by myself last night because Julia had gone home and she's the only person I know here. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys walked into the bar and I'm like, are you at the conference? He's like, yeah, I'm an organizer. I said I was a speaker and he took me right out and introduced me to the whole staff. So it's just been a very positive experience with, with the conference. I just want to give him a lot of kudos there.
0: Well, excellent. Um <laughs> It's neat that you're both speaking at, at a gaming conference, and I think uh, uh, long-term listeners to Webcology, Christine, are going to be amused that you're speaking on ChatGPT, uh, its limitations, and but also the masterclass and and how to implement ChatGPT. How, how did that go over?
1: Actually, it went really well. I I didn't know what to expect because the, the masterclass was sort of in a setting where you know everyone's sitting around a table or a couch. You know, it's not like a normal audience setting. But uh, most of the people stayed through the whole thing and asked questions and. You know, it was a lot of I'm the, I, I am the uh, introduce myself as the the chat GPT dream killer. So because I, <laughs> <laughs> I want people to know how it really works and where they really should implement it, where they shouldn't. So they don't jeopardize key parts of their business, but where they can help use it to help productivity. So it was very good. Everyone's really nice, really good questions. Um, so I think it, I think it went really well.
0: Excellent. Um, and Julia, um, the mainstream media. In gambling SERPs, what kind of influence does um, the mainstream media, and I guess I, I'm, I'm in North America where I think um, m- media doesn't get as involved in uh, in the gaming world as much, but in, uh, in Europe, what kind of influence does uh, mainstream media have in, in gambling?
2: Oh, actually, on the contrary, quite on the contrary. In the U.S. SERPs, if you search for anything gambling related pretty much, There are so many local news sites ranking, and that's kind of much worse than actually in the UK, for example, or in other European countries. I've been looking quite a bit lately at all sorts of uh, search results for gambling related terms. Not just in the UK, not just in the US, not just in Canada, but in all the international markets like Germany, Switzerland, Italy. Well, not not, not local, but sometimes like a major national publication. Like in Germany, that would be Bild, no less, which is a major German newspaper. In the UK, we see all sorts of stuff like the Telegraph, who were actually the first to enter into this sort of strategic partnership, as they name it, with one of the super affiliates. They were the first ones, but then the last, the, the, the rest followed suit. And, and, and there's a bunch of these deals being made every day. Just recently, there was a press release coming out about uh, Gambling.com, which is another super affiliate who has just entered into a similar deal with Independence, which is another large UK newspaper. And before that, they, they had two other deals with two other major publications. So, And there's a bunch of smaller ones and some are specifically targeting the US newspapers. And if in the UK, it takes like a national newspaper... Well, with the exception of a few more local ones, like Herald Scotland, for example, which is a Scottish newspaper, is ranking all over the UK Serbs, not just in Scotland. But in the US, all it takes is a small local uh, news site. And it could already be ranking. And the US Serbs look, so much more saturated by search sites than what we see in the UK.
0: So, okay. So given the heft of, of a media site, a, the, the Independent um, or the Telegraph have a heck of a lot of links coming into it and a heck of a lot of links going, going out of them. Um, they also carry some degree of credibility with, uh, with, with search engines. Does that push the little guys out? Does that make it hard for somebody to, to, to establish themselves in that sector?
2: I don't know how familiar you are, for example, with the discount codes industry. Because basically what's been happening, happening with the discount codes, SERPs, is happening now to the gambling SERPs. And back then, the discount codes affiliates were screaming about the industry getting killed and then them being thrown out of the SERPs and then being impossible to rank for an affiliates in strips like that because you can't really realistically compete against the telegraph or the mirror or the daily mail or something like that
0: the big fish comes in and eats all the all the little fish
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly so it's it's pretty much just like this with the i gaming now and basically if we think back to 2012 and before that remember all the press release sites that existed simply for the purpose of submitting press releases so that you could rank uh, your press release on that site for whatever from Buy Viagra to any other query. Mm. So basically we're, we're seeing the return of the same. There's nothing new in the SEO <laughs> happening now. <laughs> it's all the return of all those old things. And we're just seeing the comeback after comeback after comeback.
0: SEO and, uh, you know, the business of being a webmaster has always been this sort of circular, um, you see an area that you can work in, and then, you know, there's some successes that happen there, and uh, it becomes popularized. It's, it's almost like the gentrification of neighborhoods, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then suddenly the big investment firm moves in, and nobody can afford to live there anymore.
2: Yeah. That's um, happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, excuse me. it just feels very much the same um i haven't worked in affiliate for a long time but back in the, the back in the uh early part of the 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 two k's it was, was exactly the same suddenly you know some very big organization comes in and you don't own the space yeah. anymore <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's exactly what's happening. We're not affiliates, but we're helping a lot of affiliates. And basically, it's longer tail keywords, which were traditionally the affiliates' mainstay. Like You couldn't really expect to rank for something like online casino being an affiliate. Mm. Online casino SERPs were, were always full of the actual operators. Longer tail keywords like best online casino, online casino review, online casino bonus, best online casino bonus, you you name it. Yeah, So basically those were typically targeted by the affiliates and they were where affiliates got their organic visibility. Not anymore. Because in some SERPs, it could be up to five newspaper sites versus the remaining five results being the affiliates. But also the operators shouldn't just sit and relax thinking that this would not touch them, because it's already touching them. So the the, the typical situation before all this started so massively uh, used to be, so you've got online casino SERPs. You've got people also ask in those SERPs. You've got a number of those questions. Who were the sites ranking? Operators, of course. Who were the sites that were quoted as sources of answers to people also ask questions? Affiliates. So that's how they used to get their chance for sticking out in those SERPs. Well, not anymore. I showed the screenshot today during my talk where online casino people also ask questions, have Miami Herald as a source. In the UK, no less. Okay. (laughs) Sure, that seems logical. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. But at least it's not as bad as, let's say, in France. You know who's ranking in France? The Telegraph. An Indian news site.
0: Oh wow! Excellent. Okay. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah so it's play as well they, they've got featured snippets switzerland they've got featured snippets coming from newspapers plus an indian site ranking
0: well so working against the uh large publishing houses is probably a losing venture trying to fight them directly you're probably going to get out muscled and and out um but longevity and hard work, going for the long tail um, keywords, I guess, maintaining websites, being helpful, answering questions as much as possible, whatever. Um, that seems like a lot of effort to put in when you're trying to manage a range of, of of websites, which I think brings us to the tool that might actually help people in the sector today, um, automation and AI. Is there a... Um, I mean, the, 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 I'm asking the question knowing that everything the little guy does, the big houses can do too. But is um, AI a salvation for um, people who, who are trying to make a living an affiliate in affiliate in the gaming sector?
2: Uh, depends. Depends. Basically, the influx of the size that we traditionally wouldn't see in those serbs in non-English language results in other countries is very often due to, specifically, AI. Because you've got not only just the papers, the, there are also sites like, I don't know, the, those who watch those SERPs will know what I'm talking about, Business to Community and News Direct. And I wrote an article about business. Uh, basically, I... am um, I uh, contributed to the article about business to community, but and uh, the article about News Direct is another investigation that I'm doing on my own that, that that should come out sometime soon. Don't know when, but basically those are yet another categories of sites uh, that that should not belong, kind of by all logic, in those SERPs, but yet they do. So business to community used to be sort of an industry press release site, old as dirt, existed for ages, never got dropped, always existed. Being bought from the previous owner by the current owner, they didn't have anything related to gambling or casinos or NFTs or crypto or all those new topics that we have there now, they have started gradually, slowly changing the size after the purchase, adding topics. And then the AI came out and they have started using it quite obviously. I mean, it's, it's, it's not quite obviously in the way where you get the AI footprints all over the place, but just the sheer volume of their output and the fact that right now they are already targeting like over 40 countries or 40 different languages, that is definitely showing that there is no way they could keep staff like that. No, oh, no, indeed. I mean- no way they, they, they could outsource it to like all the actual native speakers. I mean, it's, it's easy to get an article written by a third world writer in English or sort of English, yeah, for $2 a piece or cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Easy to get those articles written in Swedish and German and French and Lithuanian and Polish and Chinese—a little Chinese maybe—but in any case.
0: But now it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, now it is. You just translate whatever you have written for something else, or some somebody has written for you, or else you just generate everything from scratch, and then maybe get a local native speaker to check that the grammar is correct and everything else.
0: Well, thank goodness they're doing that much. Like, honestly. Um,
2: well, business I, can't, to, yeah, I can't complain, really. I can't really say that what they are doing is absolute nightmare in terms of quality. Um, well, they no, it's just, just a quantity, quantity of it. Of like...
0: Other. The web is going to be saturated with so many regurgitations of the the exact same information. I'm wondering what it's going to look like two or three years from now.
2: Uh, Well, we are talking typical affiliate lending pages. Hmm? Do you think they're very different from each other, as is, before AI got involved, before all of this started happening?
0: Uh, I I see your point. Um, But there's a a point of scale, too,
2: eh? (laughs) yeah:
0: um, I think either yeah, it's just going to uh, I have a feeling that, that we're going to see a lot of a content runaway um, before we see uh, the search engines or affiliate marketers themselves sort of try to dial this back in and learn how to cope with so much information out there. Like, how do you compete when there's a gajillion pages doing exactly what you're doing? And it used to be a million pages doing what you're doing. Now there's a gajillion and it's innumerable pages doing what you're doing.
1: Yep. That's, that's the helpful content update.
0: Well, that's helpful. I mean, but, but still the scale and stuff, eh?
2: Oh, it is. Yeah. Define I, yeah. and quantify helpful. Yeah. It's I, pretty much a roulette over there. Yeah. Basically who gets lucky gets a pass. Who doesn't get lucky gets de-indexed. Gets dead. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they
1: automatically on helpful content, they suppress your site for a minimum of three months after you are taken down. You can't recover during that time. So that's part of the the how it's built. And when people say Google doesn't care about AI content, it is in the in the uh you have to always think of Google very specifically. We don't care about AI content as long as it's not spammy and helpful, helpful meaning unique or original or offering something new to the narrative, which straight AI content can't do because it regurgitates what it's trained on. And eventually over time, it'll re- keep regurgitating the same things because they're running out this week. They said they're running out of uh, content to train it on.
2: <laughs> so, but, but then aren't human writers writing the same Articles about the same topics, time after time well, after time, and that's why I, out of unique perspectives to. I to can use. tell you,
0: I can tell yeah. you, a huge part of the very early search uh, search engine media SEO media, I know because I was writing a lot of it, was exactly us regurgitating what everyone else
1: was saying.
0: <laughs> Cindy yeah. wrote this, so I'm going to write my variation on it. That's that's kind of how it works. No,
1: and that's why they don't say it targets AI content. It doesn't specifically target AI content. It targets content that is not unique, original, helpful, doesn't have human experience or insight. But AI content can't meet any of those goals, and humans can. So they're also adding a lot of experience, human experience, into the the review update and the helpful content update. So that's, I think, Google's attempt to start to not index. I don't even think they're going to devalue after they get rid of the ones that aren't helpful helpful, they're just not gonna index, I believe. That's just my feeling. And I don't have proof of that, but well, On the
2: other hand, there's 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 ai generated content and AI generated content. What I mean by this is you could lazily uh do one prompt and expect to get something out of that prompt or talk about bullshit like constructing a proper prompt, uh, an ideal prompt, a perfect prompt. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It does not work from one prompt. So basically, if you're using one prompt to generate a skeleton of your article, and then it gives you some ideas what else to ask, and you add that, and then suddenly you get another perspective. Actually, AI could be pretty useful for looking at stuff from the perspective you would never ever think yourself of looking at.
0: So how do you how do you um structure such prompts? To me, that sounds like the editing and rewriting process. But in this case, you have the benefit of well, I guess some uh a remnant of every voice that's ever written. That's at least inside the corpus the AI was trained on. Also, adding to your writing, how do how do you structure this kind of conversation that gets you from raw article that's always awful to the kind of product you you feel good about coming off your desk?
2: We don't do a lot of that, but we did play. I actually insisted on my people, my my team, my staff playing with ChatGPT and uh, Bing Chat and other tools out there. And basically, how I personally approach that is: uh, so you 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 give it a topic, you give it some some initial prompt, it comes up with something, and the story could flow either way, or the content could go either way. And then you think, okay, what else is missing? Or you could just outright ask it: what other questions could be asked about the, that topic? Or like, uh, come up with an FAQ from the perspective of this and this kind of user looking to buy this product, for example, and some other special conditions characterizing that user. And, and I think what Julia is adding here is
1: different than what I was talking about, which is just straight generated content.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So you know, this is this is looking at it AI as, as a process, yeah, an assistive device, just like Audience Key, our sponsor. Mm-hmm they have real keyword research and then they take that real keyword research and they use it in their chat GPT to offer you suggestions on how to write an article. And then you use those suggestions to write your article. And that's not the same as spammy generated content. What I'm talking about for helpful content is I put the AI API out there today. I generated a thousand pages of the content and I put it on the web. And I expect that a year from now it'll still be ranking. And my guess is a year from now with the machine learning of the helpful content update, it probably won't be ranking. That's just my guess. So, so audience key uses it that way. And that's, I think, similar to what Julia is talking about, which is using it as a, a, a device that assists you, that helps with your productivity, helps gives you ideas and generates and you know things for you to work off of, as opposed to what you and I both know, Jim, is a lot of people say, oh, just throw it in and take the content, throw it on the web, and it'll be awesome. It's ranking. It's ranking right now. And, of course, it's ranking right now because it's helpful content.
2: Until it new. drops. Yeah, until it drops. At yeah, or else, actually, you know, uh, now that ChatGPT has access to the live internet, well, not at the moment, but yeah, know. <laughs> through some plugins, you you still could do that, or else uh, you've got Bing AI chat, or, I don't know, Yeah, I'm not using BART, I'm not impressed, to be honest, I'm, I think it's so inferior to what Bing has, and to the original Chat GPT, it's, it's just, you know, it just doesn't feel right wasting your time on that. So uh, I'm not really using that. So, in any case, so uh, for example, you give it, or before the internet access was cut off for Chat GPT in general. So, you, you give it, you know, I'm not even sure if I should be talking about this, if anybody would just. I mean, a bunch of people actually would just jump on it and just keep doing that until it's killed. But I don't know. On the other hand, people are so lazy. Would they want to go through the pain of actually doing that? Uh, Yeah, so I'll share it. I'll share this idea because probably most people will be too lazy to copy it anyway. So let's say um, there is a certain topic, there is a certain industry, and something happens in this industry or... There is some news about some topic, and you pick three, four random articles covering that story, maybe from slightly different perspectives, giving different set of facts, different, uh, giving a slightly different coverage, and basically more detail, less detail. These details are included in this article, but not that article, and so on and so on. Yeah. And you give these articles, you feed these articles, just, I don't know, maybe even now that uh, the internet access does not exist any longer for ChatGPT, just copy and paste those articles, right? Into ChatGPT and say, here are four articles about one event. Could you provide a new article based on all this information But from the point of view of blah, 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 come up with a persona, like person being really critical of this aspect and very supportive to this aspect and so on and so on. Just, just, just making stuff up as I go, just, you know, just an example.
0: So you take the real event and you just change aspects of it during the, I guess, chat GPT conversation to come up with what would the output be?
2: The output would be, or let's say, give it four articles from other sources and say, write it in the tone of the BBC.
0: We always try to do that.
2: It would do that. It would do that. Because one thing ChatGPT is perfect at is copying the tone of the known sources that it's probably been trained on the style, the, the, the voice, the, you know, kind of the, the, even the layout of the story. Cause you know, certain, certain publications have certain principles, how they lay out those stories first goes this, then goes this, then goes this and like, yeah. So if you do that, you will actually get that as a result.
0: Jeez. You know, I I logged for the day that we could just put our audio file into uh uh an AI um, AI module or AI, mo- AI module and have it uh, turn the radio program into BBC proper. That would be excellent.
2: <laughs> you know what? I don't know about generating voice, but I know that there are plugins that actually help it understand the voice and tr- tr- translate it into text, into written text. I know that there are I mean, the, the, the plugins, the, the, shall we talk a bit about the plugins? ChatGPT plugins. What do you want to talk about with ChatGPT plugins?
0: Are they yeah. helping Are they helping you in your business? Then yes, please.
2: <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the, 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 the sheer fact that pretty much anybody, well, authorized, approved developers, right, could develop any functionality that could be used within chat gpt ecosystem and connect to any sources of information basically you've got your own little LLM on your hands yes that's very true yeah you can yeah. definitely do that you could yeah. you could you could essentially train it without having to install your own copy of chat gpt or doing anything like that yeah resource intensive and, and stuff like that you basically can 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 use specific data sets, specific sources of information for specific purposes, and even convert that. So if, if, if anybody is screaming about AI killing uh, e-commerce, in uh, k- killing, killing the traffic of potential buyers from the SERPs, killing potential leads and so on and so on, that's not true. That's simply not true. Because if you look at those plugins, I was playing with three domain-related plugins, for example, a while ago. So um, one author of those plugins, of one of those plugins, was a domain reseller. Another was some sort of uh, affiliate with a bunch of domain registrars, something like this. So you get the, the, the idea. And basically, one of the plugins is able to, well, they all they have pretty similar functionality, actually, with little perks here and there. And I was just playing and comparing and seeing what they can do, what they cannot do, what their limitations are, and basically why they were built, what they are used for, what is the profit to the actual offer of each plugin. And I found quite interesting stuff. So basically, you could ask one of those plugins, I need to generate the main ideas around topic X. So it generates you domain ideas. It checks whether or not those domains are available, either in all possible uh, TLDs or whatever TLDs you ask it specifically for. And then... Another plugin finds you the, the registrar where this domain could be bought for the cheapest price. Then again, they do have their own limitations. So, like one of these plugins is specifically built to check for domains availability. Another plugin, if you ask it, well, here's a list of uh, domains, where can I register them? It will not even check if any of those domains are premium domains or anything like that. It will just see that they are available and it will send you the, the link to the actual registrar where you can register it. But it will give you the price for the TLD as a whole, not this particular domain.
0: Indeed, yeah. So you might you might so get sticker yeah. shock suddenly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I would suppose it's all pretty raw at this point. Um, I don't know if, if you've got one develop. I, I come from from the software development um, development background. I've never well, I've never been a software developer, but I used to test software. So basically, what I know about the modern development is that all of it or most of it is done without proper testing. <laughs> no. yep. is the, thing that the developer himself checking it in his own browser on his own platform if it works for him he says yeah okay that's it done yep <laughs> they, I mean ask them about use cases they will say what use cases people well, don't know yeah. anymore what use cases mean right and I come from the very very classic testing background. I was taught properly back in the day. Me too. I was, in, I was oh, a yeah, UA yeah, tester for real back in the day. So you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they right? called me quirky
1: girl because mm. I would be the last tester because I would find something weird that never appeared oh, yeah. before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Because of the way I guess my brain uses the system, Uh I always did it in a different way than anyone else did. So I always found things. They're like, "Oh my gosh,
2: Christine, we tested that eight other people. How did you find something?" (laughs) Same, same, same. I I, I would always find ways to 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 break something. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, With a use case that never was considered before. Yeah, you know. Same here. That was interesting times. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, in this case, they, they didn't really test all the possible scenarios. They did not think it through yet. I mean, this is just the first step. They just ruled it out. The functionality, the the the, the whole ecosystem of plugins has just about come out. It's 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 very young, it's very new. There's already hundreds of those plugins, very unorganized. There is no proper. I mean, some some third party resources are trying to somehow systematize them and like uh, put up a directory or something with descriptions what each plugin does because there are so many. And basically, if you install a bunch of them in your own instance of ChatGPT. It's very inconvenient because after a while, you can no longer find find what it is that you have and what it is that you don't have. And that's not very handy because you can only have three of them enabled at a time. Yeah. So yeah. Be very careful with
1: plugins for ChatGPT. (laughs)
2: Or at least yeah, you just just somehow have a system uh, in your own head, what you have and how you're using them. And basically, before you start doing something, I mean, I wish there was a plugin that would analyze all your installed plugins (laughs) and the question you're asking and suggest the best plugins to use and activate them possibly or ask you if you would like to activate them.
1: And just so we, we can tell people that if they remember in the early days of WordPress it's still a problem but in the earlier days of WordPress there were some let's say what's the right word for it I don't want to say affiliate marketer regular types but people you know like a friend of mine who had 70,000 sites that he could control with a WordPress plugin because he uh, gave it a backdoor and it was a legitimate plugin and it was very popular Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had uh, he had 300,000 sites by the time it got out of control.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> WordPress chat and WordPress plugins, the free part, everybody is allowed access to, to change. So wow. they changed it so many times he couldn't pull it. So there were <laughs> over a million copies of that plugin. And he's like, I just want to shut it down now. I just want to shut it down. But he had access to people's sites. So he'd find some odd page on the site that no one probably ever checked. And he put a link on it. And you have it too, so you're not doing that with a chat GPT plugin, but the point being, it's the wild, wild west right now, oh. chat GPT plugins, and no one is. Oh, it WordPress. It's
2: only security. a
0: matter of time.
2: Yeah. It, it, WordPress security is one of my other favorite topics of all time. Yeah. Well, WordPress yeah, just WordPress today
0: announced they're coming out with an AI powered version.
2: What?
1: That's
0: I'm nice. looking for we have it in our story list, and I'm trying to find it right now.
1: I was speaking all afternoon, so I missed the news today.
0: Uh, again, it was in, it's in our story list. I wish I hadn't actually brought it up uh, before actually having it on screen. <laughs> but um, word yeah, WordPress is coming out with an AI version of WordPress.
1: Yeah, like you mean like and um, Everything Is that what they mean by AI version? You know, I would create it instead of you having to create it.
0: Uh, give me a half. You know what? Give me a second. <laughs> Talks among yourselves. I will have you that article.
1: What Jim's doing right now is we compile a story list every week um, so we know the stories that we're talking about and we can reference them during our podcast. And so Jim right now is looking up the story because Christine was too busy doing her t- talk until 530 today <laughs> uh, to to read that one and uh, or to find that one. Actually, I didn't see that it was on the list. I missed it. So we can talk about it next week, Jim. We don't we don't need to talk about it today.
0: We absolutely will talk about it next week. So. Uh, Bluehost, there we go. Bluehost unveils um, AI-powered WordPress platform. Oh. Um, so I think a lot of the stuff uh, you have to do, setting up WordPress sites, um, I guess finding and um, uh, 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 establishing content, etc. cetera. Um, Wondersuite is uh, going to help with AI guidance functioning as a co-pilot push button things for you. Oh,
1: that's interesting. Hmm. I don't think that's necessarily negative. So I'll have to more Not
0: too day. bad. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I doubt it's a negative as much as WordPress itself was a positive and negative. I mean, WordPress uh, democratized uh, making web pages. Suddenly anybody could make a, a functioning uh, a website. Like anybody could do it. Um, but at the same time, it, Suddenly Perfectly. we had a lot of junk on the web.
1: I was a, I was a front end coder designer at the time. So I moved in to full-time SEO because who wanted to pay me when they could just do a WordPress site. So that's how I got, I was already doing SEO, but I moved into it full-time for that reason.
0: Well, it's kind of nice that Headless has brought us uh, full circle back again to where if you don't have a dev, <laughs> you're in deep, deep trouble.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> JavaScript <laughs> runs the web and Google hates it. So, um, so, where do we want to go, Jim? Do, do we want to try to cover a few stories before the end of the hour? I think we got we, about. We
0: probably left. should. I mean, like, um, I think regular listeners usually expect us to open the show and just you know, talk about news and and, 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 and have a uh, get, get really silly at the beginning of the show. And we didn't do that this time because uh, Julia's here and it's just so much fun to just jump into, into conversation. Exactly.
1: Um, and when do you have Julia sitting right next to you? I mean, I think been <laughs> 10 years since I saw her so, at a uh, Iceland conference.
0: Well, indeed. I mean, she's in the room. You can't not suddenly just talk about stuff, right? Exactly.
1: But while we
0: were talking, um, some um, well, actually, this some weird stuff's been going down all week. Well, while you two have been enjoying Amsterdam. Um, the rest of us have been sitting wondering. Actually, I haven't been wondering because I don't really care. But
2: I guarantee <laughs> I know you,
0: <laughs> 100% guarantee you, one of them, is bigger than the other. It's 100% guaranteed. <laughs> this is one of those two men say they're I, Jesus. I one of them must be wrong things.
2: Oh, so, I can't believe uh, it's be a
1: story. This
0: is 2023. <laughs> of course, it's a story. Elon <laughs> Musk has. um Quite seriously, I don't think he wants to get in the ring with Mark Zuckerberg. I think he understands yeah. what's going to happen if he gets into a Vegas cage match with Zuckerberg. Yeah. So he's come up with the next best thing a dick measuring contest.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he called, he started it on Twitter. He called um, Zuckerberg your name I will not repeat on air. And uh, you can go look up the tweets if you want to. But so now he's challenged him literally. Now no one knows if he's really serious, but I did even check Snopes and Snopes is, is like, yep. He said it. We'll see what happens. So I don't know what are they going to pay per view that like <laughs> how does I, that work? I, I, you know, <laughs> I
0: I, I, I want to stress that um, Twitter is a force for for um, giving a voice to the voiceless. It's a place where marginalized and and tiny communities that are being oppressed by like big scary regime governments, like I don't know the House of Saud maybe can um, speak out and maybe let the rest of the world know what's happening to them. And Musk taking over Twitter. I'm I'm convinced it's all about like limiting those voices. Mm -hmm. And we have some horrible things happening on Earth right now. The hottest week on record on the planet ever Mm -hmm. was last week. And we're talking about the size of the dicks two American oligarchs have. What is the matter with us?
1: let's just say they have the money to actually to do stuff to help some way. And instead they're doing, because they're adolescent, I guess. I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Zuckerberg. We really can't blame him for this one because he just took Musk up on challenging him to a cage match. And he's been practicing for MMA. So he probably just considers it a fun experience because he's doing that. <laughs> he's been winning tournaments. So why not? And he put out threads and that's where this all came from is, you know, his, Musk is mad about threads, but come on, guys, like we're literally the CEO of, of Twitter. Well, not CEO anymore. It's somebody else in place, but owner of Twitter. And then we have SpaceX and Tesla. The only thing you thought to do that day was to challenge Zuckerberg to a dick measuring contest. Like, I don't know. Just seems, you know. Yeah,
0: that's uh, some pretty small dick energy there. Um, <laughs> that's very small dick, dick energy.
1: Small dick energy. Okay. <laughs>
0: Here's some. I don't know. You know what? I don't care. Anyway, here's something that's actually really cool. This is, uh, this was hilarious. This came out yesterday uh, in a uh, blog post to his own blog. Uh, SEO Cyrus Shepard um, has outed himself as a Google quality search, search quality rater. Cyrus Shepard has been acting as a Google search quality rater for several years now. He took the training. He took the uh, uh, he uh, two weeks of Google training, in fact. He makes substantially less as a uh, search quality rater than he does as an SEO. He makes about 15 bucks an hour. But he says the education makes it worth it. Um, in a long post to his uh, blog, uh, zyppyzypp um <laughs> Zippy, um cyrus outlines his adventures as a google search quality rater um under the uh subheading i never believed they would hire an seo apparently <laughs> they, they, they didn't know
1: no um, no he, he, he i believe he did i may be wrong but i believe he did offer that he was an seo i, I believe he did it could be Jeez,
0: if, if only there was some tool they could like you know scan resumes with that would pick up stuff like
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the first SEO who got hired as a quality writer. I think something like that happened a few years ago. Uh, well did, and,
1: used to be before he was an SEO, but it is possible. I don't because obviously and, I know everybody that does. Did this. that
0: I, person a few years ago write a public blog post saying, hey, Google, look at me. I've been sort of uh, playing around under your hood or at least, in the, at least in the glove box like quality search raters don't play with the algorithm they have nothing to do with the algorithm they just sort of give their opinion based on criteria that Google asks them to score with and Google takes that criteria to look at on average how what SERPs are doing so they don't play with the algorithm they sort of play with the instruction manual in the glove box perhaps
1: so they're QA testers for, the, for tweaks to the algorithm that's basically what they are um, not
2: to the algorithm, but the actual output of the algorithm. So yeah, they, they never touch. The that's what I mean. Algorithm. Yeah,
1: exactly. The changes to the algorithm, the output—they test that. Yeah, that's 100%.
2: not even the output as a whole. They don't even get to see that much of a whole. Picture, that's true, but but, yeah. but the actual instances yeah. here and there. So exactly. Yeah. I mean that's. They're giving him a chance to, to, to check. Looking at the inner workings of the algorithm. No, they
1: definitely don't have that, yeah. yeah.
0: No, absolutely not. But again, he does have a good sort of 10,000-foot um, view on what Google wants to see in a website, what Google wants to see promoted. Um, and the article that he wrote, again, over at um, his his blog, um zyppy.com Um it was uh, posted on uh, the 12th, um, so it was posted just yesterday. Um, I think it's one of those must-read SEO articles, not because he's going to tell you anything definitive, he doesn't, but he gives you some fairly wide areas that Google's um, interested in, one of which was uh, surprising authorship. I actually, I found, I found that I didn't think Google was as interested in authorship as uh, Cyrus implies that it is.
1: Well, uh, I don't see the authorship. The authorship as defined in the quality rater guide can be the site. It's about the, it's not about knowing who the author is. It's about the claim of an author for the pages and the quality raters guide. I don't know about here. I'm trying to.
0: Um, anyway, that's an article definitely worth reading. A couple of, we were like five ten minutes away from the program and got a bunch of new things that we do want to get through. This was a fun one. Did you get an email that sort of made you feel all weird about your INP?
1: I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So Google sent out a, uh, a, a series of emails after. Sending a series of notices through Search Console that a new um, core web vital metric is being introduced. It's actually going to be uh, replacing FID first input delay. And that's INP, which is um, interaction to, uh, to, uh, to NEXT. Um, it's not replacing FID until March 2024. Nothing is changing. You aren't yeah. going to see a sudden degradation in search results because Google pointed out that you and every website on the planet has a problem um with uh with 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 the speed of a page interaction. Um I
1: could scare you with it though because they send this big thing, you are failing, IMP. And then a little text there underneath that says, Spend not launching until March 2024. Know,
0: <laughs> know, you know who else saw these emails? Who All the, all the site owners and all the devs who you've, you know, rounded into your, your little project circle. And they don't see March, 2024. They see Google saying you got to do something and you got to do it now. And suddenly you have a meeting on Monday morning, when you just wanted to have a nice cup of coffee.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I had the conversation when last week, I don't remember what day it was, but it came up in the client's thing, email or the GSC or something. And it's like, you are failing IMP and not, don't worry about it till March,
0: 2024. <laughs> well, now, here's the thing, I mean, like, it's something you should think about now, absolutely. It's an indicator of how quickly the page is responding to user interaction. It's an, an indicator of how quickly users are able to interact with your page. And again, what happens after that? Um, but it's, uh, how to say this? You know how, when you change one thing, you might set off a cascade of other things that, that change after that? Um, yeah uh you totally see this in working on 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 cumulative layout shifts issues um this is something to study before diving into um remembering that google doesn't um look at these issues on a page by page by page basis they look at a whole grouping of pages and then average them together to give you the sort of meta score. And you can see this yeah. in, the score of individual pages in search console by digging in and, 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 seriously drilling down. But, um, when you get a notice an email, um, the first rule, the first mega rule of SEO always is chill, think, and then do. That doesn't
1: make an easy acronym, Jim.
0: Chill, think, and then do. Of course it does. <laughs> chill, think, and then do.
1: Been saying it for years. <laughs> say, say it say it as an acronym. Shitty <laughs> C-G-D. 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 Yeah, Oh, I'm just teasing you. So yeah, no, that's yeah, that's definitely I mean,
0: <laughs> it's it's not like SEOs really have a lot to think about. Eh? I mean, it's like if you listen to Danny, it's not like any advice we've been giving has changed in the last couple of decades.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> not any advice? And then why do they talk to us all the time?
0: <laughs> Make good pages. But I not
1: to talk to us, but I'm just saying.
0: Make good content. Make sure that there's lots of links coming in that are credible and that um, a uh, a bot and human has a real easy time getting around on the inside and there's a way out again, preferably through the gift shop. I um,
1: <laughs> hey, do you remember eHow. Remember eHow, right? Uh, I'm sorry. You remember eHow, the website? Oh, the e-how? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So it's like how to perform brain surgery: open head, take out brain, put brain back in, close head. Right? It was like pretty. pretty you no, know? that's pretty much how I see that advice. <laughs> there <But laughs> are about a million little details that go into every one of those subjects <laughs> that make very significant differences in how Google reacts to your website, but just make content get links and technically be good. You're all right. That's- That'll
0: you'll you everybody. Well, <laughs> Danny had a few things to say this week. Uh this one I know you're gonna react to, Christine, because I'm I, this has been a, a bugbear of yours for quite a while. Um Okay, so you're sitting down, eh? Just uh, just to be sure. I'm um, sitting down, it's a very good week. You're gonna
1: ruin my very good week.
0: Okay, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just about like 8 45 or, or I think it's like more like 9 p.m. in Amsterdam. So yeah. um Google is working really hard to improve its site naming protocols. You know, when uh, you spend a whole bunch of time working on a really good 60 character or so with Space's title, um, and it's perfect. I mean, you've wrote the you've written the best title in the whole wide world. It is so descriptive of everything on your page, and it's exactly the way you want it. And it's also the way legal said it has to be. Yeah. No, no guarantee Google's going to take it and keep it that way because if they think it's not descriptive enough or they think that they have a better idea of what should be there, they'll put it there. Again. So Google <laughs> is um, going to release a second batch up improvement for site names in, in search results in the near future, according to Danny Sullivan, at least according to um, Barry Schwartz, who's quoting Danny Sullivan. Um, it's coming within weeks. Uh, not months, weeks, so a rose by any other name might not describe damn a damn thing.
1: There yeah, you go. What I do you think? The whole, uh, the whole thing, I, I've i read it and I still don't quite understand what he's trying to say because somebody said that the site name isn't recognizable and that it's been online since 2006. So I think it's a Google thing they're not doing well and they're just trying to explain it in the most general way possible, maybe?
0: Um, well, no, I think Google heard what SEOs and website owners were saying, um, that this is that what they're doing. They're doing quite badly, but they're pressing ahead and doing it anyway. That's the part I don't quite fully I, understand. I okay, so I have a this case. could be solved with one thing. Ta- with one thing, it could so easily be solved. A
1: tag
0: that says don't change my stuff? That's it. Just give us a tag. Yeah. I promise it will be used.
1: A bunch of us have asked, him, asked them to do that since they started doing the changes to titles and descriptions, and they have refused. My feeling is, I could be wrong, but, um, you know, you, you remember how they had, um, you know, this AI, they could write entire articles and, um, you know, before ChatGPT, and not cite or credit anybody. And they just take it a bunch, right? My feeling is they need something that they can also write a headline and a descriptor. So they are testing those through our websites. I could be wrong. That is what I think they're doing. maybe silly things, Change your pipe into a hyphen. You know, they take off your brand name. I had a site where they took the word API out of the title and the page was about the API that they sell. So they don't write better ones. They're doing some sort of testing. I don't know if that's the reason for the testing, but I think that could be possibly the reason for the testing.
0: I mean, honestly, if they're they're training their their own headline writing AI on people's businesses and websites, that's a... um, fairly serious class action just sort of waiting there sitting in the sidelines that explode
1: uh-huh. you know, I mean, one that's, day. How's it different from ChatGPT and Bard on all that training on websites, right?
0: Well that's okay. gonna be interesting actually. Sarah Silverman is going after them for uh oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Julia?
2: We are all overqualified to really estimate the reasons why this exists. How many site owners do you know whose site is titled My Site? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's in this case, but they have yeah. rewritten. They have been rewriting them for some time. So they rewrite out important words out of your titles and metas, and they refuse to stop doing it. And yeah, they won't give us a yeah, tag. Yeah, to say yeah. you can't I mean, do it. where
2: do you draw the line yeah. if you are Google? Where do you stop editing
1: titles? Well, they don't get any benefit out of the click through. It doesn't matter to them what site yeah. you click on. So why would they rewrite them if they're not training or testing something? That's
0: my again. Yeah, no, but uh, Julia does got a good point. There are I, I, how many pages are home? That's just it. That's it. That's what it says. Home at the
1: top of the right, page, if right? If that's all are that'd be different, right? Yeah. If that's all they're rewriting, but when my client loses twenty percent of their traffic because the word API is no longer in their title and their mm-hmm. meta because Google rewrote it, that is not helping the client. And that that's a problem. we Google, Google with, yeah
0: now so in, in 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 julia's uh in the context julia's uh, uh, uh talking about that's obviously julius uh, google's doing a mitzvah like that's a that's a kind act on google's part they they've taken a crap ass headline and or a title and turned it into something useful when they take away a critical piece of information because they think they'll get a better click-through rate without it um that's not so cool and again that could be easily cleared up please give us a tag it's yeah. uh, it's our businesses. Like if um if, if if we use this tag, we are absolutely accepting that this is what we want expressed. If we don't use this tag, we probably have home on our on our on, uh, on the title of our homepage.
1: Well, there's there's really good reasons. Yeah. Because there's there's companies yeah. that have legal issues, and the titles have to go through their lawyers before they're allowed to put them on the page. And so, Google rewriting that kind of stuff is dangerous for those companies. I've been waiting for someone to sue them over it. It hasn't happened yet, but. I imagine at some point they'll change just the wrong thing. But they they use a lot of resources for this and it doesn't they don't do things just for the benefit of websites and SEOs, right? So there's some other reason for it other than we want to make home go away because they rewrite people's really well-crafted titles and metas all the time.
2: Yeah, well, let me play the devil's advocate a little Please. bit here. So basically, yeah, okay, we are suggesting a special tag that says do not change anything Mm -hmm. here. How many CMSs, I'm looking at WordPress, of course, first of all, but also whatever other CMSs, like custom-built CMSs. I mean, every developer thinks that at some point in life they are obliged to write their own CMS, right? So, yeah, basically, how many CMSs will have that uh, that tag inserted by default set to not change anything? It
1: depends. It would take time. But in the meantime, you could just use headers and footers in WordPress. And Well, oh, and yeah. as
0: you know, how to say it, it's sometimes, you know, how many times you, as an SEO have you come across a website that suddenly got de-indexed because uh, somebody clicked the do not uh, allow access to search engines? Yes, but, do, not, do not follow this page. Yes. Like CMSs, it's, 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 these, the settings happen. I mean, yeah. For the
2: plugin that everybody uses, like every second WordPress site is using, uh, has got some, some, some setting automatically rewritten on all those sites to something that has created a bunch of unwanted pages, for example. I'm looking at Yoast, of course.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yoast is actually no longer under yoast so people know they have been bought out so
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um the the well, actually i think the devox just stopped being involved uh very, yeah, very, very very recently but yeah i don't think they're actually involved with uh with 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 uh, the yoast product any longer but yeah yoast did that does that yeah. um and that is a again that's one of those there are so many like uh ticking uh legal time bomb sitting by the side of the road in the, in our history of web development um it's a wonder that they all don't go off in 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 string boom 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 um in one big legal orgy of oh my god what have you done <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> okay we're uh, we're rounding out the end of the show um couple more couple more things there may be a new series of robots text protocols um hoping to tame the voracious appetite of AI um <laughs> Google and other companies are looking at releasing uh, new robot text protocols especially after uh AI has been uh, yeah AI has been caught um learning off of highly copyrighted materials. Um, There's a whole story that we actually got to talk about next week or weeks after. Um, We need like three hours, which someone tell Webmaster Radio we need three hours from now on. Um,
1: uh,
0: Sarah Silverman and other artists are going after um, OpenAI for allowing its um ai learning its a language modules and same with meta for allowing its lambda module uh to learn in what's called the shadow library a um region of the web that's, that's much like the dark web um having tons of copyrighted materials up there's a place that the, the university professors might go or young university college students might go to who can't afford 500 or, or um, 600 bucks per book um but it's all cop it's basically it's, 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 it's the, um, library of piracy. Um, and, uh, apparently, uh, GPT models or AI models have, um, trained there and hoovered up, um, a great deal of work that would otherwise be protected by copyright and now regurgitating pieces of that work back out, which is how someone like Sarah Silverman can come across her words and go, Oh my God, why is this here? Huh? Um, so Google wants to not get in that kind of trouble itself. Um, it's going to be introducing a robot sex protocol to hopefully um, stem that. I wonder if that's even possible, seriously. I mean, like Google doesn't even listen to its own robots text protocols.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? Well, I mean, to be honest, there are so many legal lawsuits being filed currently that it only makes sense to offer that because Google would be part of those lawsuits as well. You know, If they're just training on whatever's out there. So if they give you a tag, then it's your fault if they train on you.
0: I, uh, In, uh, you know what, in this new world that we're living in, yes, I suppose it
1: is. <laughs> um, well, legally, legally, they can say, right now they can't say anything, they have no defense, right? I, I copied your stuff, we regurgitated it same with Java GPT, but legally, if they give you a tag and you have, they tell everyone there's a tag and nobody can crawl you if they have this tag, then legally it's on you to protect your own site. And if you don't, then you'll have much difficult, not that you can't sue, but you'll have a much more difficult time doing that. And I know right now there's a deluge of lawsuits for this. Like you just said, Sarah Silverman is, is uh, doing this and I'm sure she's doing it for also... Because she is an activist, she's doing it for all the people no, she knows. She, she, absolutely, yeah. she
0: absolutely has people working with and behind her. I, I haven't read that entire the entire article and I haven't looked into it deeply. But yeah, Sarah Silverman is a is a networked kind of person. She absolutely has others uh collaborating with her. Um she's also she's not a lawyer. <laughs> um guarantee she's got other people collaborating oh, yeah. with her
1: i sure she's, sure she's got very good lawyers, but I think she's probably also doing this to help protect other creators, and because that's how she does, you know, her political activism, and so, uh, so okay. but I do think the tag would be a very good thing, because then people can just tell it not to train on it, and then it doesn't train on it, and that would be good, instead of like, oh, here goes all my artwork, shows up in, you know, Dali, with my images, kind of, but changed enough that I can't really do anything about it, so...
0: No. Okay, that's it. Full clock. We've gone it's all the going, way all right. In fact, I think we've we've gone overtime a little bit. But this has been a really fun show. Seriously um, enjoyed the conversation, Julia Logan, Irish Wonder. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. I've um, it's, it's 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 always delightful talking to you.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, Christine, enjoy. uh when do you when 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 are you flying back?
1: Uh, Saturday afternoon, so I'm gonna see um Bibi, and I'm so bad I just blanked on her last name, she lives um, here.
0: But you Thanks. get to see BB, the link builder, that's wonderful.
1: Yes, I get to see her tomorrow, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun, and then uh leave out Saturday afternoon, so for 24 hours of travel if you count in time zones. So,
0: and well, enjoy Amsterdam while you can. I hope you well. Uh... Oh,
1: great city it is so cool yeah
2: but it's what it, used to be. it changed a lot over the last four years i haven't been here for four years since the mm-hmm. started and so many restaurants and eateries and shops have been closed that used yeah. to be where i knew them yeah and i mean that just the little part of Amsterdam that I personally know, I can't imagine the scale of these changes. You know, but as someone, as someone
1: new, as someone new, it's really fun. But watch out for bikes; they will kill you. Oh, <laughs> no, they <silent> killers. <laughs> they know they have the right of way, and they do not care.
0: <laughs> you know what? Uh, the, uh, not 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 with the bikes, but with the uh, with the with the shops. It's the art of creative destruction. Eh? Something big comes and sweeps out stuff for one reason or another, and new stuff has to fill in. So hopefully, Amsterdam—you know that that old Amsterdam that you miss will find some renewal, and uh, you know maybe this is a way of getting some of us old codgers out of the out of the scene and let, letting young people find ways to punch their way in or something, eh? We'll
2: just use the bike.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's another way to get rid of old people—just run them over with a bike.
1: <laughs> an amazing bike culture here, but you do have to be very careful because
0: they're very fast. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm speaking as one of the old
2: people. <laughs> You can't hear them approaching. That's the scale. You look up and all of a (laughs) sudden you're like, where did you come from? I don't know.
0: (laughs) I mean, even, even sharks have like warning music.
2: Yeah, some um,
1: most don't. So, yeah, go ahead. I know. And in to- fact,
0: we're about to get warning music from studio. So, <laughs> on behalf of Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, um, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm, recorded live to podcast on the 13th of July, 2023. Folks, it's halfway through July. Summer's almost over. Get out there and enjoy it. You've been sitting in front of a monitor way too long. Go have some fun. Be kind to each other. Rank well. Be nice. And we'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye, everybody.
2: Bye.